For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? My name is Kyle Matovic. I am the host of the In Liberty and Health podcast, where we talk all things liberty, health and wellness, and beyond. My hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being. I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Everybody, this is episode 23 of In Liberty and Health. I got Jose Gallison. I got that right, right? I, I usually put a little stank on the Gallison. It's a made-up name, so it doesn't matter. Gallison. <laughs> all right. Well, Jose Gallison, how you doing, yeah. brother? I'm doing all right, doing all right. You know, I don't know why I'm all if you can't tell, I'm all stuffed up for some reason. I don't know. I took my allergy meds today, so I don't know. But I mean, I'm I probably forgot the past few days. It's one of those things my wife always bugs me about taking them uh-huh. regularly, and then I just like forget because I'm don't give a shit i don't know and then i i pay the pay the consequences later and then yeah, my wife chastises me for it <laughs> you're, you're definitely a, a better person than me because my fiance has to take allegra every day yeah and i kind of look at her as a lesser being for having to do that <laughs> <laughs> no not really not really but yeah I, that that shit's expensive man you don't i I'm, I'm glad i don't have to fuck around with that fucking allergies are killer uh you know i, I think i'd rather uh I think I'd rather have COVID again than uh, have yeah. allergies. <laughs> yeah, I had the COVID too. It was nothing. It was like, I felt like, I mean, I've had worse colds. It was probably worse than the majority of my colds, but I've had worse colds. So, really? you know. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I, before we start tapping on liberty shit and post-libertarianism and beyond, uh, I guess we'll dive into COVID real quick. <laughs> yeah, I got COVID last year in late March. And it was funny. I felt a little like just a tad under the weather. Like I didn't sleep right for like two or three days. I'm like, okay, whatever, it'll pass. And I woke up the following Monday and uh, all of a sudden I didn't have taste or smell. But at first I drink dark roast coffee. So, you know, shit tastes strong. I got to take a sip of it. I'm like, something's just like not right here, but you know, whatever. So I continue on. I made steak, eggs, and bacon for breakfast. And I took a bite out of my uh, bacon and I'm like, okay, I don't fucking taste this. This is fucked up, man. I don't it's know awful. what's going on. But yeah, no, no, that was probably one of the most heartbreaking parts about it is that I love every morning. I usually have some kind of steak, bacon, or something like that. And to like not taste that first thing in the morning absolutely crushed me. And it was that way for about a week. And then you know, I was fine. No, uh, yeah. no long haul symptoms. I used a glutathione nasal spray, took vitamin D, alpha-lipoic acid and zinc and everything came back after a week. Yeah. Uh, I mean, uh, me, I didn't have the taste or smell thing. I don't think, I think my, one of my kids said they lost it a little bit, but I don't think they did because they're kids and they don't really, they're not very good at describing. I think they were just like stuffed up and so they couldn't mm. smell. And so if you can't smell as well, that affects your taste. So, you know, but I don't know. Yeah, it was a, uh, it, it was really not that bad. And I didn't take anything like at all mm-hmm. because 
Like, you know, as I point out the allergy things, I'm the kind of guy that like, I, I don't know, this is a thing I inherited from my, my stepdad who was pretty much like uh, basically like my, my dad, like growing up, but like uh, he uh, like, he, he's always been the kind and me, I've been the kind that we're really bad about taking meds. We're just more the kind of people just like, just to like walk know, it plow, off. plow through everything. Like it's not happening. Like mm. most of the times when I'm sick, like, you know, when I was a kid, it was my mother. And now that I'm an adult, it's my wife. that would be like, you're sick. I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, you're sick. No, I'm not. <laughs> and then I'd have to eventually be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sick. <laughs> yeah. No, I definitely know how that goes because I, I like never call off of work. Uh, the only time I called off last year, I had this fucked up stomach bug and I won't go on air about how bad this was, but it, it was one of the worst things I ever to go through in my fucking life. And uh, I, th I thought I had COVID. So initially I was like, all right, well, you know, I'm just going to hang out home. And my boss, even was like, hey, you know, go get tested. And I did and do that. Getting the initial test where they shove that fucker up in your brain was probably worse than having COVID itself, to be completely honest, at least for me. My fiance, she got it too. And she just lost her smell for a month. That was literally it. So uh, I guess beyond the uh, vid, um, I, I was listening to your appearance on Adam Nutter's podcast, and Adam's fucking awesome dude, but um, you kind of came into the Liberty Movement as a neocon, if I kind of heard that right. You were listening to like I mean, a lot of neocon of. right-wingers. I mean, I think I've described it as sort of neocon, but I usually try to but the caveat is like, it's almost not even fair to call it neocon. Cause it was more just like, I'm 30. So to put that in context, so like to, so people can figure out like where it was growing up kind of deal. I grew up in the set. Well, I mean, I, I sort of South, I've always been a rural. I lived in Maine until I, until high school and high school, I moved to Tennessee, but I've always lived in a rural area. So mm -hmm. I was fairly conservative. And so it was more just like Fox news. And so like of the time, this was before the, the Trump wave had come through, obviously. So like me growing up during that time, like how I was influenced. So um, it was that uh, earlier, earlier era of Fox where it was more neocon-ish, but it wasn't necessarily that me or my family were neocons. We were just, we didn't have really strong convictions or just when we did have the news or talk radio on, it would be Fox News or it would be Rush Limbaugh or whatever. And so it was kind of neocon-ish. But it wasn't like sure. we were like principled neocons. It right. wasn't like we thought deeply about this. We just kind of vaguely were like, yeah, that's mm. that's kind of I guess that's what we believe. Sure. You know, like it, mm. and that was that. So, I mean, I don't know if I'd necessarily call it a neocon. Really, it was more just a, a center right kind of deal. But like, sure. but, you know, at the end of the day, like if I was to stamp down my positions they pretty much were all neocon positions but they weren't really positions i was firmly set on so mm -hmm. yeah that's kind of where i was at okay yeah i gotcha and then um for you much like me i kind of had the similar background where it was like i kind of defaulted right but i didn't really think about it all that much my brother was a uh, raging leftist and raging atheist. And I, I know you talk about the uh, atheists, the agnostic, gnostic, and stuff like that. And I kind of want to talk about it too. But uh, he was the raging atheist liberal when we were kids. And he loved the amazing atheist and would pound leftist stuff to me all the oh, time. Amazing atheist, that guy? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even like him when I was really deep in that stuff. He was mm -hmm. never really, uh, I don't know. Yeah, anyways, go on. <laughs> yeah, no, no, he, uh, 
that was his thing and then eventually the one day he's just said oh no i'm a libertarian i said but you said you were a liberal like a week ago he's like no i'm actually a libertarian i'm like well just don't fucking talk to me until you know what the fuck you are and then over time you know i started listening to more and more people who consider themselves libertarian and it kind of pulled me from the neocon ish area to the more libertarian area so uh, the reason for explaining that was essentially it seems like you kind of went down the same rabbit hole yeah pretty much yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> uh yeah i uh I mean, my the atheism theism thing didn't really happen until like uh, that was actually like early on, and like when I uh, around the shortly after being married, and early on to start my family. But like uh, that was like early twenties for me because I uh, for if you don't, you're unaware. I mean, maybe you are aware. I'm I'm thirty, but I'm uh, I've been married. It'll be ten years here in oh, wow. uh, here in like was in five days. So it'll be ten years. Um, so it'll be the six. It'll be ten years, and we have two kids both girls we have a we have an 11 year old and a uh, nine-year-old so mm. uh yeah we uh we got to fucking early so <laughs> um but but yeah so that, that's kind of where i was but and it's kind of funny because it's like i know dave smith always talks about like how like with his kids and it made him religious and stuff and i'm not saying my kids made me not religious but it, it is kind of funny when i hear him tell that story and like it was all super religious and i, I get that too because i do remember when i had my kids and it were it was beautiful moments but i guess for me i never really like equated that to a religious thing but i mean whatever to each their own i'm, I'm not like at all throwing shade it's just kind of funny it's like this reverse thing um but yeah that's that's shortly around that time when i started going down that route and ironically like atheism in a sense did kind of bring me down the libertarian road because for me ath- the only reason i really started getting really interested in logic and stuff like that was because of that because i did sort of start losing my faith and it just didn't a lot of the things weren't adding up to me in religion and i know a lot of people a lot of people it's fucking irritating well uh because like one thing reed reed said before i remember there was a tweet he put out a while back uh, forever ago where he was like you know one thing that made me not religious was reading the bible and i know he very got a lot of flack from religious people like oh how do you how did uh, say you haven't read the bible without saying you read the bible and shit like that and it's like, whatever, it's, it's to some extent, it's kind of true. I grew up in a Christian home. I went to Christian school. I was religious well into my early 20s. I was something I took seriously. I've read you know multiple books of the Bible. I'm not, I'm not at all going to claim that I've read the entire Bible. Like I've read a lot of it. And I've, you know, literally went to literally like when I went to school as a kid, it would be we were study. We had a Bible class. So like I was deep into that shit. So but a lot of it just wasn't adding up to me. And then. And then uh, when it, when that stopped adding up to me, I kind of started losing my faith. And I remember I started getting arguments with my family and they'd be like, they'd always question it as if I was just like, you know, just willy nilly just doing this and being like, oh, almost like I was stupid. And I got irritated with it. I was like, you know what? Fuck you. Like, I'm not going to like put up with this shit. And so like, I just like, you know what? I'm going to really look into this stuff. And it, and it was partially like, it wasn't even entirely that. It also too was like, you know, like I don't necessarily even really want to, if I'm wrong, I want to know. Because, like, I'd rather believe this is real and there's a heaven and all this shit. And the more I dug into it, the more I was like, ah, this doesn't add up. And it kind of also started giving me logical tools, you know, because, like, going down that, you know, once you start really exploring philosophy, you start learning about fallacies and stuff like that and, like, how to properly utilize logic. And that did inevitably lead me down the road to like libertarianism and then uh, anarchy and stuff. Cause once you start applying those same logical principles elsewhere, then you're like, Oh, and it is funny. Cause there is, there is actually a legit problem in the atheist community of fucking 
like really status people um in, mm-hmm. or especially like liberal types which it is weird because it's like it's someone who like you know went down that route you look back you're like how like why like all these same arguments you make for against god are the same arguments you can make against the state like for the most part so it's like i, I don't get but I, I don't know some of the best ones like uh you know Matt Dillahunty, if that name rings a bell. People out sort there listening probably that might ring a bell. Like he's a big name. Like he's he's one. He's he's extremely intelligent person, well versed in logic, in philosophy and stuff, but extremely cringe liberal and like super status. But and it is like I, it's weird this cognizant dissonance that happens. But yeah, that that's what took me down that road, and I started learning logic through there, and that's I started applying it to libertarianism as well. And yeah kind of droning on now but you, you get oh yeah no, no no you're good yeah the the whole religion thing is really really interesting to me my fiance considers herself religious and, and it's not like a active thing you know what i mean like she just says yeah i believe in god there's been enough things in my life that make me believe in that and i've always considered myself really up until probably about the last two three maybe four years ago i consider myself an agnostic atheist now i don't know if i consider myself an agnostic theist or or what but i feel a greater purpose and this sounds so woo woo and arbitrary but um i don't know i it, it feels more meaningful when i think about religion and i see the good in it listening to jordan peterson a lot which i don't do as much anymore but uh hearing his takes on religion and how he kind of distills it um, I don't want to say it necessarily convinced me or converted me, but it, it definitely made more made me more open to the idea. But I'm not heavily invested in either camp that there is or isn't because, like I've heard you say, I'm not arrogant enough to say absolutely I know or I don't know. Yeah, which yeah, I mean that's the I've said before. I don't necessarily have a problem with atheists or theists. It's it's gnostics. I don't really I don't really like of either of either ilk. Cause uh, I mean, I, cause a lot of people just don't understand their terms. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I always try to equate it to like the grid where you'll see like a, you'll see like libertarian to authoritarian or left and okay, right, yeah. you know, like that grid that we usually mm-hmm. use to like describe where you are politically. That's kind of works along the same lines too, with uh, when it comes to like this, uh, you have along one vertus, you have uh, theism, atheism, and along the other one, you have Gnosis agnostic. All that means the- atheism or theism is a question of, is simply a question of belief. Like, what do you believe? And in Gnostic, agnostic is a question of knowledge. And that's all it is. So if you're agnostic, you don't know. If you're Gnostic, you know. Uh, if you're theist, you believe. If you're atheist, you don't believe. And so that's why you can have an atheist, you can have a Gnostic theist, an agnostic theist, you can have a Gnostic atheist and an agnostic atheist. Those are all possible combinations. And I really pretty much the Gnostics are people I don't like, like anyone who has any sort of certitude and, and not even like necessarily certitude, but to claim knowledge, to say, to say, you know, cause the fuck you don't No, you don't like, you don't know, mm-hmm. like, it, like it's almost a nomer, a misnomer, the agnostic Gnostic thing. Cause it's like, you don't, but it's more just that you're, you're arrogant enough to claim, you know, like it's more of a knowledge claim really than an actual, like whether they really do or not, because none of us really fucking know whether there is a God or isn't. Right. Uh, I mean, I think we should all be able to be mature enough to admit that. 
I mean, I, there are people of both sides that, that claim that I find those people to be silly. Um, you know, like, cause that's the one thing people always like come with atheists like, Oh, you know, there's not a God. And like I, the vast majority of atheists don't, don't make that claim. <laughs> so like, like I, I, it's a, it's, it's just a silly uh, way to disparage your, your, mm. I don't know, your ideological perceived enemy is all it is. And it's not legit at all. I mean, there are atheists that, that claim they know there's no God, but there's also theists who claim that they, they know there's a God. And I find them both to be equally ridiculous. Um, although I actually guess I would say the atheists are a little bit more ridiculous than the Gnostic atheists, because to claim knowledge of something not existing is impossible. Because to claim knowledge of something existing, you could be proven right. You could not be proven uh, right to claim something doesn't exist because it's like it's an unprovable claim. Because so, mm-hmm. like, if you're someone who claims you know there is God, technically God could be like, hey, what's up? And, you know, like, okay, yeah, yep, you're right. Like, but there's no way to assert a negative in that sense. So, yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, so I guess kind of two things I wanted to dive down on this rabbit hole, and I wasn't planning on talking about religion all that much, but now that we're kind of on it, I actually do want to talk a lot about this. Um, are you familiar with Stefan Molyneux at all? Yeah, I'm not like super familiar with work. I've gone on a couple little dives. He, he's all right. I, I never really completely got the allure of him, but I, I, I find him to have some interesting stuff to say. Um, I, I really liked his work mostly on peaceful parenting and philosophy. Yeah. Those are the two main things that I really took away from him. And, um, you know, back when he was on YouTube, he had countless hours of shows of just talking people through relationship stuff and uh, trauma. And I always, I don't know, that always was fascinating to me. And a lot of people, you know, I think, kind of throw the baby out with the bathwater where they see some of his endorsements of Trump and the white nationalist kind of stuff. And I don't, I don't, I don't think he's a white nationalist. I mean, he I don't com- even care about that. I, yeah, I, do no, say do I. I was yeah. caveating that I don't know him super well. That wasn't me trying to distance myself. Yeah, no, 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 I'm not saying that for you, but yeah. for the audience, I wasn't mm-hmm. at all trying to distance myself. I'm just not super familiar with the work. I yeah. do know there is that stigma and I don't care. <laughs> <Whatever. Yeah. laughs> right. Because it well, and this is, what I get from you is that you're very open. You're, you're, you know, you're open to the ideas, even if there's somebody that you're completely ideologically opposed to, you're still open to learning something from them. Um, Kind of the tirade I was getting on there though, is that he is essentially a Gnostic atheist where he says that um, his claim kind of telling on what you were saying. um, He said that if there were to be a god then it would not be in the form that we understand it and to that okay you know he essentially it's that um if there ever were to be a provable god then it just would not be the god that people believe and that's how he knows that there's no yeah. god i know I'm, oh yeah i'm uh, completely butchering i think, that. I, think I know what you're getting i have okay. heard this argument before from atheists and there is merit to this argument of because sure. it is like a matter of define what you mean. So if you, you if you're talking to someone, you're like, all right, define what you mean when you say God. And if someone says this, 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 you can, depending on how they define it, prove them wrong. So because that is sure. one thing a lot of people do is uh, they'll do they'll look at the God of the Bible and they'll be like, well, there's no way he could do this and do that. Or they'll point to specific things. And, and so because the thing is like god is really this ethereal term it's really however you define it Mm. i think that's kind of what he's getting i I, i'm kind of conjecturing but i have heard this argument 
where people do assert there is no God, but based on a specific definition of a God. Mm-hmm. So like, if you're like, I don't know, the God of the, uh, of the, the Muslims or something like, sure. I guess you could point to certain things in scripture and be like, there's, here's contradictory things. There's no way this and that and blah, blah. I mean, that's just a specific example. I mean, sure. or if you're have, you're talking to someone, you're having an interaction, you're like, Hey, you know, and they're like, Oh, you're just having a debate about God and you get them to define what they believe God is. And they give you a very specific definition of God. And you're like, well, I can pretty much prove that wrong and assert that that God doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Cause that's the other thing too. On the other hand, the theists will generally speaking, when you try to go, when you debate whether there's a God or not, it'll always be the shifting terms. And this is really, mm-hmm. it's more important than anything in the theism, atheism like world, but this really applies to other places as well. Defining your terms is insanely, insanely important. Okay. Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah so <laughs> I'm sorry ahead. to cut you off here, but uh, this, this kind of to your point, and this is another question I was going to ask you, but we're kind of approximating it. Jordan Peterson, I really, really like the way that he phrases it when people ask him if he believes in God, because his next question is always, what do you mean by God? Because, okay, is it just uttering the words, I believe in God? Or, you know, is it the way you act? You know, what what is your definition? This is, once again, kind of going back to what you're saying by defining things. Um, people just saying they believe in God, that's so arbitrary if you actually think about it for more than just a second, because you could say you believe in God and then that's it. And then you, yeah. you carry on your life in a way that may be completely counterproductive mm-hmm. to a God that you, that may be your social norm, right? So do you find it that a lot of times people may say they believe in God, but it's not necessarily approximating what you may think they mean and I, that's so woo woo but I, I think you kind of get where i'm going uh i think i, I get where you're going but but for me i don't really because uh, i will totally if, if i'm interacting with someone and i'm like hey okay they say i believe in god say for some whatever reason this hypothetical we're having this discussion and they go and i go okay define god and they go well i just think god is like love man and i think you know it's kind of like the universe and i would go in, in, in it, I mean, I'd obviously probably be sarcastic about it, but I'd be like, yeah. well, then I guess I believe in God, too. Like, because if that's how we're defining it, sure. <laughs> yeah. like, but like, so it is, it really is like a, it's situational, depending on how you define it. Because there are people, who, I mean, that's joking, but that is not at all a joke. There are totally people who just go like, well, I don't know, man, I just think it's kind of like the universe. And like, I think if you just like kind of bring everything together, it kind of creates this like sort of sentient thing. And it's like, I don't know. It's like, it just, things happen. And it's like, is this like God's, and it, it just gets very vague. And you're like, okay, sure, man. If you're defining God as the universe, yep, there's totally a God. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> oh, well, you like, can't I, pin the tail on the donkey at that point. <laughs> like, it, and I guess that we get into weird, like people would say it's almost like postmodern, but words really are given meaning by their user so if like the the mouse sound god if someone is using that to mean a certain thing i can't necessarily say they're wrong i mean i can be like well that's not how most people mean it so i mean it's a little bit off uh that's not the normal use but that's their use so whatever (laughs) but um yeah uh i don't know if that answered it for you but I don't know. I, I mean, maybe I was missing the point. <laughs> no, it's just essentially, I think his, to Jordan Peterson's point, it would be that when people say, I believe in God, it, it is 
almost like an arrogant claim because you're saying that you believe that this god is real right but if you say that you start kind of peeling away the letter or you know peeling back the layers here and let's dig deeper to what that means then an almighty being who creates and destroys and is able to govern being as it is right so if you say that you believe that and all the consequences that come with that and the God of, let's say, the Bible context where you will be punished to, you know, eternal damnation for doing bad things, then just saying you believe in it, but you don't carry that action out. Do you really believe it if you don't uh, carry out? Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. essentially what I was saying. Yeah, so yeah, um, uh, once again, sorry to go on a longer tirade, yeah, but it's kind the of greater like point a, is, yeah. do, do you ethically believe that and do you act that out? Honestly, I think this is... I'm not going to lie. I, I'm not a huge fan of Peterson when it comes to religious stuff. I, I do okay. like him a lot of stuff. Sure. I think he gets – he literally just plays hide the ball with whatever the hell he means when he's not <laughs> religious, and that's okay. what it is. It's like sure. – and, and people will be like, do you believe in God? Like, I remember, like, uh, to bring up Matt Dillahunty again, I remember he had a debate, I believe, with uh, yes. Jordan Peterson. Yeah, I, I didn't recognize was, the name yeah. at first, but then yeah. it, it occurred yeah, to me. They yeah, they literally – I don't remember if it was like an hour and a half, two hours. It was literally just – a couple hours of them trying to get to fucking, you know, define what the hell Peterson is talking right. about. Yeah. And it's like, dude, just say what the fuck you mean. Like, it, mm. I, I, I know I mean, exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> like I like motherfucker talks in riddles. Like, and it's like, I, I, I kind of get it in one sense. It is. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not a huge fan when it comes to religious stuff. Cause it is just kind sure. of a, it just comes nonsense and mm-hmm. he'll, he'll be like essentially def, you know, essentially saying oh oh i just like religious religion because he's, he's u- the utility of it and then but i i believe in god in a certain sense and but in a way that's not really believing god and then next thing i'll be like i believe in god like dude what what do you mean and it's just all over the place so i do think you get really squirrely and i think i'm gonna probably piss off some people but i think <laughs> peterson has a tendency to talk in deepities which is like mm-hmm. essentially like stuff that sounds profound but really isn't like when you, when I you totally really, get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you peel it away, you're like, oh, you just said something that sounds really smart, but it kind of means a whole lot of nothing. And it's kind of like, mm-hmm. okay, can you just say what you mean, man? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Because, yeah, here we are. Like, I get what you're saying, though, where, because I've heard him make this point, though, where it's like, if you're not acting it out, and he's made this case kind of be like, oh, I believe in God in the sense of I behave as if there is a God and it's good to behave as if there's a God or whatever. I'm sure I'm butchering it, but... No, that's, that's pretty much it. And, and, and like, you can be like, well, if there's a religious person who says I believe in God, but they don't behave like there's a God. I mean, it, it's, I feel like these are almost two different things and it's, it is kind of his ridiculous sense because <laughs> I guess this comes as... Really, maybe... maybe I, you know what? Now I think about it, I, I think that's actually a little bit of conflating what we were talking about before, before earlier with the Gnostic, agnostic, theist, atheist, because belief and knowledge are different right. things. So, you know, with that, like, the, if you say you have a religious person who's not behaving as if there's a God, you'd be like, well, look at you. You don't really believe in a God because, ha, 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 you piece of shit. You, you sin. And it's like, yeah. if you really thought you were going to go to hell over this, you wouldn't do that now, would you? And it's like, okay, but like, he doesn't know there's a God and it's so, and then there's also a multitude of other reasons that like, that's a little ridiculous, but I mm. mean, it, it is kind of conflating things. I, I, I don't, I don't really see the merit. I do think that's a good thing to kind of like remind religious people to kind of like behave as if there's a God. I also think it's good to kind of like 
it kind of does demonstrate the utility of religion because I am not at all a atheist who thinks there is no utility in religion. I'm actually like, I'm, I mean, you can call it a little bit like Machiavellian, but I, I actually like the idea of there being religion because I think, I don't think there's much utility in like, I think it's a lot easier for, especially in a modern day sense of, because I think the modern day conception of especially Christianity is just like, mm -hmm. hey, do good things and don't do bad things. And I mean, I can totally make the argument that if you look at the Bible from, you know, in the older times, and I can totally point out things in the Bible that are fucked up. And I'm sure people can make like different apologetics for it and stuff. But that's beside the point. My point I'm getting at now, I mean, that's a whole other argument of like whether the Bible's actually a good, like once you dig deep, a good moral arbiter. But that aside... In its current form, what the Bible basically is in Christianity at whole, uh, for the most part, is a quick and easy, rough, like, you know, way to go about living your life. And it's and it's modern interpretation is kind of a generic do good things don't do bad things. And yeah, I'm sure someone can point out like listings bad, you know, the gay thing or whatever. And I mean, let's be real, like um, I know a lot of people try to make arguments about the Bible being OK with the gays. The fuck it is. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't tell you, like, there's multiple verses where they're pretty, pretty straightforward, but whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, but that kind of more so goes to my point I'm getting at where there, there are people who already interpret it as, well, it's okay with the gay thing. So I'm like, okay, I don't care. Like, if you if you can see this this ideology, this, this book, and you can interpret this as, like, roughly, I want to do good things and not do bad things, and this is a quick and easy thing for you, I'm fine with that. I obviously don't think it's the most logically consistent, uh, but, and I do, I would prefer someone to, you know, be like, I'd be like, Hey, well, let me talk to you about NAP, this, that, this, but I understand that's not for the layman. That's not really practical. And it may be a little bit more practical to be like, Hey, here's this religion thing. Here's this inbuilt community, uh, you know, whatever, blah, blah, blah. blah. Just go ahead, have it like, whatever. I'm fine with that. Like, I don't need everyone to be an atheist. I don't care. Like, I, I mean, I do think it's what's most logically consistent. So ideally, I would like someone to be at that point to where they have completely big brained worked out their morality and everything through a, you know, a logical, uh, you know, framework like I believe I have. And, you know, what? I might be wrong, but at, I know that's not realistic and I'm completely fine with people having a quick and easy thing. That's a rough approximation. and It's kind of close. So, <laughs> right. Well, you know. In my mind, and I want your take on this as well, when it comes to Christianity and, you know, generally people who consider themselves religious, um, I think it goes well with social conservatism. I mean, they obviously go hand in hand oftentimes. And in my mind, social conservatism is a great way to it's a great foundation for a prosperous and free society because you have respect for property rights you have respect for families and those generally those two things together are what tolerate freedom the best because once again you're raising responsible families in tight-knit communities that don't need a big government to supply them with anything because once again they go to their neighbor when times are tough um and you don't see this as much with people who are atheists you know, a lot of people on the left are, you know, overpopulation, um, don't have kids because you're going to pollute the earth. Um, you know, let's just get married and have orgies with a bunch of people. And obviously not all leftists are like this and not all right wingers are like this either. But 
in my mind, I think the best ground for libertarianism is social conservatism, which typically goes hand in hand with religion. And that's not to say that you can't have a libertarian society that's made up of atheists, but I think um, social conservatism tends to be more complementary to libertarian. Um, you know, what, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, I think what you're touching on right now is kind of a little bit what I was touching on before, where I was kind of getting at, I don't care if someone gets to the point where they have completely logically worked out their entire philosophy and worked out their morality and how it's consistent in this and blah, 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 blah. Like, and that kind of touches on what, what I'm getting at is, do you want more libertarians or do you want more liberty? And that's another thing that we, 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 that's been a, a frequent talking point in the space. Yeah. I really late. want to get to this. And it's too. like, I genuinely don't, I mean, I do care. I, I care, but not that much. I care far more about Liberty than creating libertarians. I care mm-hmm. about creating libertarians, but a little less. So if yeah, I can get second. you, to, if I can get you to a place to where you're a, I guess you could almost say a useful idiot for Liberty. You know, then I'm fine with it. Like, yeah. it, it's kind of, I guess, flipping that on the head of the uh, what the useful idiots for, like, uh, you know, commies or whatever the fuck, you know, where it's usually used. But mm-hmm. I'm fine with having useful idiots for liberty. Like, I mean, I can be like, yeah. well, you're not completely right, but I'm not going to be like, oh, look at you. You're wrong. Like, I, don't, I mean, you're you're wrong, but in a way I want you to be wrong. So I'm fine yeah. with it. Like, well, yeah. either that you can say, you know, you're, you're right for the wrong reasons, but yeah. either way. It's fine. And, you know, after having Tho Bishop on the other day, um, it, it really shook a lot of my biases up because I went into that podcast with a lot of assumptions about him. And 100% of those assumptions are a fault of my character. I assumed a, a lot of, I don't want to say necessarily bad intentions, but I had a lot of assumptions about him just because he was touting himself as a pro GOP guy. And for a long time, just because I worked with a bunch of boomer cons, I sharply rejected all Republican politics just because after seeing four years of Trump, he kind of proved that a lot of Republicans are just closet socialists because they'll make the argument that, oh, well, he had to sign stimulus checks because people really needed it. Okay, well, now you just conceded to point to the Democrats because Democrats say that people need welfare because, well, they just really need it. Um, But putting that aside... Um, The reason why I kind of went on this tangent is because it complements the point of that now the GOP is in a position of being useful idiots for libertarians. And that's not to say they are useful idiots, but they're essentially in this position of they're radicalized against the establishment. And if you have someone who's able to quell that anger and that resentment and that distrust that Trump had sown, then you could really propel forward a uh, large part of the liberty movement. And I know you're a little bit more of the agorist you know, bunch. And I want to talk about that as well. But um, 2022, 2024, I think is a huge opportunity for the liberty movement as a whole. And same as you, I don't care about the Libertarian Party. I don't care about the GOP. I don't care about the Democrat Party. I want liberty. I'm not specifically ideologically or dogmatically paired to any of these parties. If there's a bunch of useful idiots who are GOP people that are chanting the same things that all the libertarians are, then by all means, sign me up, put a MAGA hat on me if we're going to abolish the Fed. But if the Libertarian Party looks more promising in that regard, then I'm going to be closer to the Libertarian Party. Um, Or the post-libertarian route where you just build up local communities, which I guess the LPMC wants to do the same thing, or, you know, the the LPMC. Or the GOPMC or the post libertarian thing is kind of a little bit more agorist, or, or at least to my understanding. I'm not, 
ideological about any of these whichever one works sign me up that's that's what i want is just more liberty and whichever one is the best way to do that it's cool with me yeah mm-hmm. uh was there a question <laughs> i agree <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh, so you seem a little bit i, I don't want to come at you in a hostile way but no. i don't i don't I... you seem like a faggot <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, all right, yeah, fair I'm enough. Um, no, no, I'm just fucking with you. No, I was saying yeah, like no. you saying it to me. I was just playing. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I wasn't calling you a faggot. I was just being silly. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Um, you don't seem too staked in a politics. Um, from what I've heard of most of you, you seem a little bit more agorist or even post-libertarianism. I consider myself an agorist. Yeah. Okay. Um, now, what about oh. the post-libertarianism? What's what's kind of your take on that? I mean, the post-libertarianism, uh, I think it was L.B. Munez said lately, it's not really a, uh, so much a ideology or a thing so much as a moment. Uh, and it's kind of just a cluster, right. it's a yeah. clusterfuck of things. But I, I kind of like where their head's at because... It seems a, more agorist. Yeah, yeah, sort of. I mean, they're at more agorist friendly, I guess. Not to mm. say the LPMC is not agorist friendly, but sure. I don't know. Uh, I mean, to touch on the agorist point with the with this thing... Um, like if I was to pair agorism with anything, I would pair it with the post libertarians because sure. like the, the common point that the uh, like LP guys will always make. And they're like, well, well, let's do both. Like we'll, we'll have your political side and you guys can go do the, the agorism shit. And it's kind of like, for me, it's like, well, what do you even have to offer me here? Like y- you, you have nothing to offer me. Like, I, I don't know what this pairing you think is like, mm-hmm. I mean, while I don't necessarily agree with like, it's not my ideal route utilizing, you know, any of the different, you know, post-libertarian routes that they're proposing. Um, it's still kind of like, well, at least I can see like some sort of like offering there that pairs with what I'm doing. Um, whereas the LP, it's like, you're, what you're going to give me political cover. You don't have political cover to give. What are you talking about? But like, I mean, so cool. All right, buddy. Like kind of thumbs up. Like, okay. Like, whatever but uh god i, I was yeah i mean so, so i guess if i'm going to compare the two yeah i mean the, the, i guess that's one more friendly to and i guess i'm a little bit different than most agorists in that like i i'm not necessarily like I, I don't have this like allergic aversion to like any of the other routes i have no problem expressing like my preferences because i do have an sure. order of preferences so like while I do think ideally you know it, like it's kind of the same thing I guess with the atheism thing like I would prefer like if I could magically get everyone in the world to like have a consistent well thought out moral philosophy that worked out well and they didn't believe in God or whatever like sure okay cool but I know that's not really the most legit so I still have my order of preferences so like uh, like I guess you know to put it in that framework I. I sort of prefer like a, you know, a generic Christian, like Southern Baptist over uh, a fucking, I don't know what's, I'm trying to think of what the bad uh, Muslims are. And there's, there's there's like the Shiite, the Sunnis, I forget which one's the bad ones, but one of mm. the ones that are like fucking hacking heads off and shit. Like I, I prefer that over that. Uh, but because mm. one's a little bit more cohesive to what I'm going for. Right. Um, so I have my orders of preferences and uh, I, I'll, I'll be straight up. Probably one of my last order of preferences is anything LP related. Um, mm-hmm. I don't really feel like the LP has much to offer at all. Personally, I might be wrong. Um, mm-hmm. 
Like I'd pro- if I had to say my number, like if I had to like gun to my head, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, support agorism at all. It would probably be my next order of preference would be the Hoppians. So I guess mm-hmm. kind of almost kind of what like popular liberty is doing or trying to do stuff like that, taking over your local area, kind of working from there. Cause in a sense, I actually see that's kind of what agorism is, but politically, because to me, I see agorism as creating spaces of liberty. And I know a lot of people like to make the, like with agorism will be like, Oh, you're just going to get Ruby Ridge or you're going to get Waco. And it's like, okay, but most agorists you talk to aren't saying, Hey, I'm going to go out in the woods with my family and you know live a self-sustaining lifestyle by ourselves or or just with a small community go live by ourselves and you know throw the middle finger up to the feds most agorists are like we should create a fucking decentralized network of us you know i'll trade with you you trade with me and like that type of stuff so it is like this silly straw man when people say oh you're just gonna get way code like no one's fucking saying that <laughs> like no, no one's saying that's what we're gonna okay uh-huh. maybe not no one i'm sure there's some idiot agorist out there who's like i'm gonna go out and live in the woods and cool i mean go i'm I, whatever i'm gonna do go for it like cool i mean it's, I don't feel like it's ideal. I feel like humans need other humans to trade and interact with, but like, and yeah. Um, but I think the more people you get living along an agorist type lifestyle of, you know, trading and to some extent disregarding the state, uh, not entirely. Cause that's another misconception. People will be like, you know, that you're just going to entirely exist in the black market and do everything illegal. And it's like, no, that's how you get put in jail. Uh, anyone who's read Konkin knows that like, he legit yeah. in there is like, you know, you should literally you're weighing the pros and cons, you know, like, mm-hmm. like if you're like, Hey, should I evade taxes for this one thing? It's like, it shouldn't just be a yes. It should be, well, what is the consequences if I get caught and how likely mm-hmm. am I to get caught? <laughs> like, and if it, you're very likely to get caught and it's a high consequence, you might want to just, you know, fo- follow the law in yeah. that, in that situation. So. Yeah, it, it's kind of like the January 6th deal. It's like, look, I agree with you guys saying fuck the Capitol and let's fucking let's go make some noise. But like you realize if you were actually a threat, like you would be put into dust in the blink of an eye if they legitimately thought you were a threat. Like you do not attack these blood soaked monsters directly. Yeah. yeah um, I mean, a good uh, situation. One I like to use a frequent example is there's this video I saw of this guy who got pulled over by the cops mm-hmm. and he wasn't really doing anything wrong. I can't remember what exactly he got pulled over for. It wasn't anything crazy. Yeah. Uh, I want to say it was something silly, like an expired tag or some shit. Yeah. And like, he was like, so they tried to get him out. Of the, they tried to pull him out of the car multiple times. He was like, hey, just leave me alone. I just want to go home. He was fully, like, you know, sober. Didn't seem out of it, anything. So I just want to go home. Like, I'm just leave me alone. Like, just leave me alone. And they kept trying to pull him out of the car. They tased him multiple times. They finally yanked him out of the car. And when they yanked him out of his car, he pulled out his gun and blew them both away. He, like, just off both the cops. Just done. And, yeah. like, I can, in, in my mind, I cannot see anything morally wrong with that. But right. that was fucking retarded. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I'm very glad you said that because, see, and this is where I get annoyed with some libertarians because some libertarians, I think, are so autistic at the point where they're saying, oh, all police are bad people. And, well, fuck it. You know, it, it's morally wrong. You know, if they attack me, I'm getting back at them. Like, let's think about this for a second. If you actually do anything to a cop, you realize you lose every time like there is no 
the, the judge does not care about the non-aggression principle yeah. and the judge is not a fucking libertarian they do not care they're there to keep the police happy to you know right throw people in jail they're there to get court cases done and you know whatever the fuck they're doing they do not care about Mises or Rothbard or anything like that. So if you fuck around and find out, it's kind of on you at that point. Yeah. And look, I, I agree completely. It's morally consistent. If a cop pulls you out of a car and you don't want to be pulled out of the car and you shoot him, if we're living in Nankapistan, by all means, you had every right to do that. But we're not Nankapistan. Yeah. So th- this also kind of pivots to another point, And I think the probably part of the reason why you you consider yourself more of an agorist and are more open to the post-libertarianism thing than anything else is that a lot of libertarians have been very very bad at adjusting to the facts on the ground um i think i tweeted with you a couple times about the uh, public park deal it's like dude we're being stolen from and you're literally just telling people to oh, privatize the parks. Um, I've, I've said this on a couple shows before, but it bears repeating. This is like when you see a fat person and they ask, how do I lose weight? And you just shout caloric deficit at them. It's like, okay, yeah, you need that. And everybody agrees, but what does that look like? Yeah. So what does – if you have a homeless dude doing heroin on the bench at your daughter's nearest park – is it really okay to just sit there and shout privatize the parks like this is nothing for anybody in the current moment so i think this is what draws a lot of people away from the libertarian message is that not many libertarians are actually offering solutions right now and that's what people want is solutions right now people have a very what would that be a high time preference low time preference yeah, it'd be a high time preference. okay yeah they, they want solutions right now they don't yeah. care about ancapistan they care about what do you do to get this homeless man out of the fucking park yeah <laughs> yeah which i mean i do want to say real quick a lot of people use high time preference or low time preference i guess it's a joke sometimes so it's depending mm-hmm. on how it's used but some people will legitimately use it and be like well that's just high time preference and it's like high time preference does not always necessarily mean bad because mm-hmm. For example, if if I, I don't know if I'm being attacked, I have a I'm in a situation where I have a high time preference to you know respond or or whatever. Maybe that's not the best example, but it's like it depends on the situation. Like it depends on what's going on. Like what are we talking about? So, like in the situation of like you go to the park and you know some homeless dude's masturbating, you're in a high time preference situation. You're like. I really want to get him the fuck out of here <laughs> right the fuck now. Like, and there's nothing that doesn't mean it's bad. It's just, it's right. describing like how much time you're willing to have a payoff and mm-hmm. you know, how much payoff you're likely to have. And like, so it doesn't necessarily mean bad. A lot of people describe meaning to high or low time preference, but yeah, I, I don't know. I actually, I mean, I, I don't know if I'd necessarily, you know, I don't know how this equates to agorism when it comes to that question. Cause I actually kind of got a little bit of flack from people who consider themselves agorists because I was a little bit more friendly to late, late Rothbard because it's like, for me, I mean, I, I don't have any problem with that. Like, I don't know. When you're talking about the tragedy of the commons, when you're talking about public property, uh, which is, you know, like kind of a fucking contradiction in terms, right. but like it, whatever, the government's claim the property. It's, I don't know. We're in this weird area and I... I, I don't know. Like, I guess, yeah, obviously if, if a, if a homeless man's sitting there politely reading a book and I send the cops after them, yeah, that's shitty. But like, 
if it is something like, because that's the thing too, with that situation, everyone was like immediately assuming the worst. You're like, what do you mean, all homeless people? Like, no. Like, and if people took I, the nuance right the fuck out of it. Yeah, that was like, the most irritating part. Yeah. Like, no. Like, if you're shitting on the street, like, you're, you, that's the homeless person we're talking about. Like, yeah. and, and like, sure, you can be like, oh, that guy's shooting up over there. He's not breaking that AP. He's just shooting himself up. It's like, I, I don't know, man. I feel like it's pretty fair to say that if this were a, you know a private system that that wouldn't be happening and it's completely fair to be like hey uh get out of here i I don't know i do feel like there is some i don't know what principle this is but there is a point where you're when you're looking at public property and stuff where it's like i I, there is some reasonableness to be applied and it is i mean i i don't know it's it's a situation of i i know i heard ace ace probably made the best argument uh for this in Mm. like he basically was making a homesteading argument, but even then, man, that just gets too out there. I, I don't know what the consistent principle thing is, but I, I, I don't really necessarily see a problem with that. I, I don't know. Like, mm. it, and I get, because a lot of people will be like, you know, like see the late Rothbard quote, but unleash the cops or whatever. And they're like, uh, you know, they're like, Oh my God. And there is that last line of like subject, of course, to liability when in error. And, mm-hmm. and, and fairly people will point out, be like, well, they don't ever really, you know, it's like, okay, well, you kind of got to push for both. I, I don't know what to tell you. Like yeah. that doesn't mean you're going to get both or either or, or whatever, but I, I, I don't know. It's kind of one of those spots where there's no right answer. And that's kind of what government mm-hmm. does. It blurs the lines, but I, I don't know. I don't really have necessarily have a right or wrong answer there. I mean, a lot of, I, I do think some aggress got pissed for my take. Cause I'm not necessarily saying that's what you should do. And it is a little bit situational, but I I'm not necessarily against that either. Like yeah. I'm not going to lose any sleep if they fucking, you know, kick some, kick some bums out of the fucking home, out of the park. And like, right. I, I mean, I don't know. Like, and I like, now if, if there are bums, you know, sleeping in a state park out of the way of not, you know, no one's paying attention. To them, I have no problem with that. Like, whatever. Yeah. Like, it, it, it's it's different there there is it's a different thing if you're in the middle of the day sleeping with a newspaper blanket and in a place where people frequent it's something's just off about that i i don't know i mean there are plenty of other places to go i i, I don't yeah. know to say maybe that makes me a bad person a bad agorist i i don't give a fuck well so <laughs> like, the, to um to kind of answer your question earlier it was uh i think that's probably what pushes you away from the libertarian party in some respects yeah. because a lot of these Walberts, if you will, would say they're they're going to take this kernel of truth, right, where it's not perfectly libertarian to use the police to physically remove somebody. They're going to take that little kernel of truth, and it's like, okay, you got a point. It's not perfectly libertarian, but they're going to try and make a whole bag of popcorn with that little kernel of truth. And this is what people tend to do. Um, GOP did it with China. The Democrats do it with institutional racism. They take just one thing that has that kernel of truth and they once again try to make a whole bag out of it so that way they can make the biggest case possible for why they should get more power um no it's not perfectly libertarian but once again there are social norms that need to be upheld and if people had private parks then they would make sure that if you're paying to enter these parks um whatever that there are certain norms that need to be followed and if those norms aren't followed then guess what (laughs) if you don't politely leave you're physically removed because you're now trespassing on someone's private property and i think that's the way that everybody was interpreting this whole park situation is that hey this is we're being stolen from to maintain this park and to pay for the police 
if they have to remove somebody from public property who's violating the social norms for other people who aren't harming anybody or violating said social norms, then I don't think anybody should really have a problem with somebody that's violating the general, and I hate to keep saying it, but general social norms. Um, I don't think everybody should have a problem with that person being thrown the fuck out of there because yeah. once again, like you said earlier, if it was a private situation, you'd be out too. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have objections to the cops and it's like, well, okay, what other, what other entity do we have that will take care of this? Right. And there are a lot of dumb people who will say shit like, won't you just take care of yourself? And that is the dumbest fucking take I can possibly have. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I'm just going to go beat the shit out of a bum and kick him out of the park. What are you talking about? Like, <laughs> what world are you living in? Like, I I don't even know what to say to yeah. that. It's just fucking retarded. Like, I I, I like, I, yeah. It's just like I what I'm just gonna like be like, hey, honey, go sit in the car. I gotta go beat the shit out of this bum. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, I, I came strapped to the park today. Hey, honey, just uh, you know, put some sunglasses on, read a book or something. I'm gonna get this bum the fuck out of here. Like, are you yeah. serious? That yeah. now the, the, everybody's worse off because now you just pulled a fucking gun on a bum. Yeah. <laughs> and even if I do with bare hands, I mean, like wh what's going to happen? The cops aren't going to take it kindly when they come to me. Now I'm going to be doing, I'm going to end up dealing with cops one way or another. Yeah. So like, I'd rather them kind of be on my side, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, and if it's to me reacting the bum and the cops get called, it's not going to look well on me. Like I, it's not like I have full reign in this area to just like kick bums out like willy nilly. Like I, I don't know what world people are living in because they're like, well, you fully have the right. And that kind of goes to the point we were getting earlier. We're like, mm. that guy had the moral right to blow away those cops, but it was dumb. And yeah. I, I would, I actually think in that situation, I mean, I don't know. You could probably make a pretty coherent argument. That I have a moral right to kick the bum out, but like, it's also really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, like I, okay. You know, people are like, well, you just, you're not going to take care of yourself. And like, I, okay. Oh, sure. Okay. I, I, I don't know. It, it is a little disappointing to see some of the takes with that, but you know what? Like, I hope Dave Smith keeps doing shit like this and hitting on these like gray areas that, cause like, even I do like when we have situations like this, say like on Twitter or whatever, where it really shows the people of substance because you, even if you disagree, like do it a certain way, right. like, cause there are a lot of people just like, just slam like on people and just get really stupid about it or just yeah. have really dumb takes. And it kind of really allows people to show what you're dealing with. And you're like, Oh, okay. That's who you are. Okay. So Boss. this gets to <laughs> a point that I didn't understand six months ago, but I'm beginning to understand more and more. So shit posting. I know that's probably one of your favorite things. I didn't get it like six or seven months ago or however long ago, let's say the uh, whole New Hampshire deal was. And at first I'm like, this is retarded. Like you people just to normal people, you look like a bunch of fucking morons because nobody gets it. You know, they just scroll past it, whatever. But then the whole New Hampshire thing came out and I still kind of thought I'm like, well, I don't really think you should be saying the shit you're saying on a public page because like there needs to be some air of legitimacy here but when all the terrible people who just have nothing to offer come up and jump off the bridge and out themselves and say we're out of here all of a sudden i'm kind of like 
all right <laughs> you, you know if if this takes out the trash and this is the way we have to do it i'm not losing any sleep <laughs> yeah no i'm fine with it. I, don't, I don't really i don't feel like i shit post as much especially like like my account got nuked a while ago I, it's not like i had like a huge yeah. account i was almost up to four thousand, but it was a little bit of a bummer and now I'm working out. I'm like at 1500 right now, uh, started back over, but I, I don't really shit post as much. I don't have as much time because, uh, I'm sure you're aware I was active duty military before. And yeah. so being as I was a government employee, I had a whole lot more time to fuck around. Now I actually am expected to, you know, provide some value. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I don't have as much time, but yeah, no, I mean, shit posting was definitely a lot of fun and, uh, there is definitely a lot of merit to it. In my opinion, I mean, I don't know. I, I just like fucking with, you know, certain types. And I mean, I, I, I don't, I don't do as much anymore and we used to get really into it, but I, I do feel like, I don't know, like thinking about now, it's almost like a lot of the, that work has kind of almost been done. A lot of these people that are the bad actors have kind of, I mean, while I don't care about the party side of things, the party is kind of almost a metric for the community to some extent, because okay. most people conflate the two and there is a lot of overlap. Yeah. And um, a lot of the bad actors have kind of exposed themselves and, uh, you know, have either, you know, identified else as other things or or at the very least, the community has kind of uh, expunged them. Right. So, for example, the uh, like uh, Sarwark, like the block Sarwark thing a while ago, like if you look, if anyone goes and unblocks, because if you don't have a block, you should. If you're on social media, you should block him. But uh, if you if you don't have him blocked or you want to unblock real quick, just for funsies, go look at his account. See the kind of engagement oh, he has. Oh, my it's beautiful. God. I love it. He gets ratioed. Well, he doesn't even get ratioed so anymore. Bad. He, he'll get like three likes on things. Yeah. And that's well, it. I, I like, <laughs> oh, God, I wish I remember. He it used was... to get ratioed. He had an eternal ratio before. Yeah. And the block Sarwalk thing, which I actually did. Like, I yeah, yeah, I recall. And now if you go look at his shit, it is like, he'll have a tweet and it'll be like 16 hours later and it'll still be like three likes, maybe mm -hmm. like a comment. Cause and it, it, he'll, he still puts out these shitty spicy takes begging for attention, but no one pays him any mind anymore. Yeah. No it was the, fuck uh, him. he's irrelevant. The Tom Woods and Ron Paul thing, I think was probably like one of the last straws. And I remember looking through that before I was like back on Twitter and I looked through all that. I'm like, oh my god, this is just like countless people fucking dunking on him. Like, it's fucking great. Yeah, but the dunking was was keeping him alive, and yeah. and uh, that's one thing I've been trying to tell. And I do think this kind of applies to real life, not to just always bring things to Twitter world, but it, it is yeah. kind of like a you can apply these maxims to real life as well. But I think like you know, say dunking, whether it's on Twitter um or even in real life like you say if there's someone you're fucking with you know you're or you're slamming or you know arguing with them say it's somebody at work you're debating with i do think there is a thing of diminishing returns and that's my like yeah absolutely and say, yeah. so and like i said you can apply that to real world uh and you know and it, it applies well to like star Wars. for example he got to a point where he's getting ratioed all the time so people were slamming him all the time and so i think dunking slamming whatever you want to call it it has diminishing returns and it, it over time you get less and less out of it. And a lot of people be like, I want to be able to slap down his bad ideas. That way people can see their bad ideas. Yeah. And there is merit to that, but there comes a point to where like the only reason this person is even having a platform to put out his bad ideas is because mm. you are slapping him down. Right. Um, and so that's why this dunking activity or whatever 
has diminishing returns. And there comes a certain point to where it flips and it becomes negative returns. So you're only, you're really, all you're doing is giving mm-hmm. them fucking, you're giving them oxygen. You know, right. That's it. Yeah. So, and I think, especially the part where you mentioned it's uh negative returns, that's completely true because eventually you're gonna make people who feel bad for him because they see him saying stuff. And I'm sure maybe there's a take or two that we might agree with, but you know, the lay person who doesn't know his history, they see him get fucking demolished mm-hmm. and they may either agree or they may say like, Oh man, you know, like it was a good take. And the rest of these people are assholes. He's the good dude. Yeah. So yeah, to your point, you know, eventually the damage has been done and it's like well established like look nobody cares about this dude anymore you know yeah. we're, we're we're over it so all the dunking that was to be had has been done let's move on let's focus on real things and you know let's get off twitter space and let's actually do something instead of just sitting here constantly throwing firebombs on Twitter, which can be fun, but you know, eventually you got to move away from the dumpster fire because the dumpster fire is no longer keeping you warm and you have a house. <laughs> yeah. I do think though, like I, I like I, I do find myself talking because Twitter is a fun place. I'm not gonna lie. And I find myself talking about a lot, but I do think a lot of the lessons you learn from yeah. Twitter, you can apply to real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like with that is like, if you have a coworker that you constantly argue with, there comes a certain point, especially if you are like dominating every time, like say it's, say you're debating foreign policy at work all the time. You're always making him look like an idiot. There comes a certain point where it's like, you should just stop engaging with him because all you're doing is, you know, you're, you're, all you're doing is giving him air to breathe. You're, 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 you're only building up the situation. That's all you're doing. There's nothing positive that's coming of this. And like, like, yes, you may, I, I don't know. You, you kind of get my point. It, it, and that applies to real life as well. I, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, We've been going for probably close to an hour now. I think that's a uh, pretty damn good note to end on. You know, life is uh, a fantastic thing, and let's not spend our entire days dunking on people on Twitter. We can uh, go out, lift some heavy shit, spend some time with some family or, you know, whatever you got. Or if you're like me, smoke like 60 pounds of meat in a week or something like that. So, uh, Jose, go ahead and plug your stuff, brother. We'll get rocking and rolling. Yeah, I have the No Way Jose show. I'm on YouTube. I'm on all the major audio podcatchers. I'm on, on Odyssey as well. If you want to support my work at uh, patreon.com, just No Way Jose 2020. I'm on Twitter at, uh, God, I forgot it. It's a, uh, God, because I had to change it because I got nuked. At 2020, No Way Jose is the Twitter. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, I have, well, I guess you're, and there's no even point in saying when I have come on tomorrow because uh, it, it's dropping. Uh, next week yeah yeah so but yeah anyways by the time this is out you guys i'll have a jason well i guess it probably won't even be public by now but uh by the time you drop your episode but i uh i'm about to have jason stapled on tomorrow there's a time warp of podcasting because he's going to drop this but it will still be sitting in my patreon mm-hmm. not released public probably by that point so if you want to get it go on the patreon or wait a few days or a week whenever this drops and i'll have that episode out and uh i've had dave smith i've had a bunch of cool ones i have my anarchist handbook uh series that is doing really well i've had mm. i've probably done like nine or ten episodes now I'm doing uh for every chapter of the anarchist handbook i'm doing a uh a podcast and i'm trying my best to get good guests for each one i've had uh I've had Thaddeus Russell, Dave Smith, uh, Ace. I've had God, who am I? How am I blanking? I've had a lot of good guests. Yeah, Top Jeremy Lobster. Kaufman, Top Lobster. I did one myself. There's some other ones I'm not thinking of right now. I'm gonna feel like shit later, but I've had a lot of good guests. It's really, it's been a really good series. Um, yeah, and hopefully, uh, yeah, I'll keep on going. But uh, I appreciate you having me on, man. This has been fun.
Awesome, man. Well, uh, there's actually a whole ton of stuff that I want to talk about that we didn't get to. So we'll have to do it again sometime. Oh, hell yeah. I, it, was, it. Uh, it was awesome. So uh, until next time, everybody, this was In Liberty and Health. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.